This podcast is brought to you by AJ Products, made in Sweden for the rest of the world. Visit ajproducts.ie to see how we can make your workplace work for you. Imagine for a minute it's 5pm on a Sunday. You've just finished your last meal of the day, a Sunday roast, maybe. And now your intermittent fasting begins. The next meal you'll be allowed will be 5am on Tuesday morning. So that's a full 36 hours without food, maybe a black coffee here or there. If you're the British Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, that's the fasting regime you've been following every single week. The UK leader says it's all part of his healthy and balanced lifestyle. Black tea, black coffee and water are the only things the Prime Minister consumes for 36 hours of his week. But not every intermittent faster follows such a severe regime. You'll probably be more familiar with the 16-8 plan, where you restrict your eating to an eight-hour window. It's the plan followed by the Irish Times health and family editor, Damien Cullen, who's been doing it for three years now. My youngest girl, Eve, still gets a kick out of sitting down beside me at five past eight in the evening with a packet of crisps. And she'll (laughs) open it and look at me and eat the packet of crisps or biscuits or whatever, like, you know. We'll hear all about Damien's experience in today's episode. And I'll be speaking to dietitian Sarah Kyo, who explains what it does to the body and why it's become such a popular diet. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, intermittent fasting, the good, the bad and the hungry. Damon, you started intermittent fasting three years ago and you say you've been pretty good at keeping it up. Why did you originally want to give it a go? Well, I was always, there's, I mean, uh, there's lots of little health benefits to, to doing something like that. But I suppose, to be honest with myself, one of the main ones was was weight loss. We might as well admit it out the door straight away. I wanted to be healthier. I was always into exercise. When I was younger, I always felt healthy and everything was fine and I was exercising and, and I never had to watch what I what I it never. I would scare you with stories of what I used to eat when I was younger. I ate my breakfast every morning when I was going to school out of a cooking bowl. After dinner every evening, before I went to bed, I ate a full sliced pan, <laughs> crust to crust. And it All was of this never, is not to be recommended, by I the know, way, listener. Go and on. it was never a problem because exercise and my metabolism, because you're younger and everything like that, you know, keeps you fit and healthy. And then as the years went by, that wasn't enough. I was still into exercise and all that, but I wasn't feeling healthy anymore. So I was always looking over the years, I've always been looking for something that would kind of get me back on the right track a little bit. And you've tried diets, you've tried other diets. I've tried other diets. Um, It might be, it's slightly exaggerating to say I've tried other diets because normally some of them lasted until lunchtime. Some of them lasted a few days, some of them lasted a few weeks. Very few of them lasted kind of any length of time that my willpower would uh, would allow them to use and, and allow them to go to and that, you know. But uh, um, so I've tried lots of things, often kind of haphazard kind of stuff like, you know, I'd get mad at myself and say, right, I'm not eating chocolate again, I'm not eating crisps again or something like that. So 
I think intermittent fasting was probably one of the first ones I've ever done that I really took seriously and decided at the start, you're not just going to give this up tomorrow. Now, we know intermittent fasting means many things to different people. You know, are you the Rishi Sunak monk fast or what What does your intermittent fasting yeah, look like? Definitely not. Um, there are two main types of intermittent fasting. There's the 16-8, which is what I do, which is hours. It, it's counted in hours. So 24 hours, uh, 16 of those hours, you're fasting, you're not eating. And then you have a eight hour window every day where you can consume calories or food, as I prefer to call it. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, that's the one I do. And it's, and it's, you know, what I've chosen is 12, noon to 8pm, which is what most people do. And then the other type is 5-2, which is days of the week. And basically, you're limiting your calories on two of those days. On five days, you're eating whatever you want. And then on two of those days, you're limiting your calories, usually to about 500 calories, which is very little, really. And then it seems those two are kind of almost gateway drugs into more extreme types of intermittent fasting, which is what Sunak is Mm. doing, which is the 36-hour fasting where he's stopping on a Monday evening or Sunday evening, isn't it? And and then he starts again on a Tuesday morning, which I couldn't even dream of doing it. Well, how long did it take you to get used to this new regime? Were you constantly hungry? Were you thinking about food all the time when you wake up in the morning? Because you don't start to eat until noon. Yeah. Unlike all the other ones that I've done, uh, I actually did a bit of research into this before I started and really chose it from a kind of a, a list of ones that said, which one is which one would I actually stick with? And uh, I remember reading a study, I think it was a John Hopkins study or something like that, that said, oh, it takes two to three weeks for your body to adjust to intermittent fasting. Now, I have no idea if it took my body two to three weeks, but it took my brain about three months to adjust to it. Like, you know, I just... I think after three months, I could honestly say I was struggling more with intermittent fasting and sticking to it than I was after the first few weeks. Why do you think that was? I think it was just, it was very, the effects were very gradual. And I think for, I think for most people when they start a diet, they kind of want to see the results that evening, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. If you're suffering, you want to see the results immediately. Yeah. It was quite a while before I noticed any Probably any positive effects. I mean, at the start, I struggled a bit as far as energy went. And I had read quite a bit of stuff saying that you would get this boost of energy. And I certainly didn't feel it. And even I was feeling a little bit dizzy sometimes, especially after exercise and stuff like that. So I had to adjust when I went running or when I did exercise and stuff like that. Like, you know, kind of strangely uh, exercising just before the the 12 o'clock kind of mark actually started to work for me a little bit, especially in the early months, because I was literally staring at the clock at 10 o'clock going, oh my God, would it ever move? Trying to distract myself and then looking back at the clock and it was 10.05 and I was going, oh my God, I'm never going to get to 12 o'clock. And so I got into the habit actually on, you know, days that I could, that I would go for a run 
around that kind of time, maybe half 10, you'd be back in, you'd have your shower, you'd get changed, you'd get ready. All of a sudden it's half 11, it's 20 to 12 and you're able to start preparing a bit of food and all that. And the other thing was, of course, was because I wasn't eating, just saying, right, I'll eat now, I'll eat now, I'll eat now. I was actually planning a little bit better on what I was going to eat. That kind of effect has been really good. Well, in your piece that you wrote for the Irish Times uh, about intermittent fasting and your experience of it, you talked about a couple of rules you set for yourself from the beginning to make it an easier transition. What were those rules? So I had to be really realistic from the start because I knew that if I if it if it went off the tracks, that was the end of it. So I decided to be really strict about food. I have an eight-hour window every day where uh, I can have food and that's that. So I know, for example, today, because I'm coaching kids this evening, I won't be finished until 8 p.m. So I'll be eating after that. So I don't eat until 1 p.m. today to give me until 9 p.m. this evening in order to, to stick rigidly to the to the eight hour window. Other people might be much better at this where they can just do it on one day and then go back to the kind of normal routine of things. I know myself that if I ate at 12 o'clock today and ate at nine o'clock this evening, it would be nine hours tomorrow and then it would be 10 hours the following day and I would have thrown in the towel straight away. And then the other thing was, and I mean, this really is cheating when it comes to intermittent fasting, but I decided I'd be very strict in the mornings as far as you know, it's black coffee or it's water. But in the evening time, if I wanted a glass of wine or I wanted a pint of, you know, a beer or something like that, I'm not, that's fine. So alcohol doesn't count as calories in your world? It, in my world, okay. alcohol doesn't count okay. as in I knew. Now, dietitians may say <laughs> differently. I knew that if I decided I'm going to not drink or anything like that after 8 p.m., on a Friday You'd or a Saturday. Yeah. Mm. And I just go, oh, is the whole thing of this as well when I started it was this wasn't supposed to make me miserable. You know, this was supposed to improve your life. Improve your mm. life. Yeah. So I'm not trying to uh, make myself, you know, just miserable all the time or something like that, because, you know, the way I am, if it's miserable, I'll stick with it for a few days. Then it's gone. Then I forget about it for six months or a year. And then I try something else. And, you know, I've been doing that for years. If you're doing it for weight loss, you'd want to be eating pretty healthily in your eating window. You know, you can't just at 12 o'clock when 12 o'clock comes think that's me. I'm having, you know, crisps and chips and any amount of Coke, you know, like, like that's not it. So how has that aspect of your eating changed or... Is it, or do you feel you can eat whatever you want this eight hours? Well, the whole, well, I mean, obviously the idea of intermittent fasting, it's when you eat, not what you eat. And when I started, I decided I wasn't going to worry about what I ate between the eight hour window. And it was just to tell you how bad I am, you know, as far as adhering to rules and trying to, to get in. It wasn't unusual in my house in the first few months to see me running for a biscuit at 7.55 p.m. and standing there seeing how many I could eat before 8 p.m. And again, that's not good. (laughs) But the reality is 
I haven't been doing that over the last few years. And now, you know, if it's, you know, if it's 7.55, it wouldn't occur to me to kind of go, oh, I better go and, you know, eat a bag of crisps really quickly in order to to kind of cheat the rules a little bit, you know, and, and that. So at the start, I had said, right, I'm not going to worry about what I eat. The reality is I'm eating an awful lot healthier well, it's been three years now. What results have you seen physically or mentally? To give you the basics on it, uh, the first six months I did it, I lost two and a half stone. Whew. Right. Since then, I haven't lost a pound. Okay, so you've uh, kept that roughly 16 kilos. You've yeah. kept that weight loss. Yeah. Mm. So it has definitely made me feel a lot healthier. I just, it, it wasn't a huge amount to lose, but it made a difference for me. To, to give you an example, in 2020, when the world shut down, I was doing exercise. I was doing quite a bit of running and I didn't lose a pound in weight and didn't feel better because I had increased what I was eating to compensate for the exercise I mm. was doing. So it took me, I know this is so stupid for somebody in their 40s to be saying this, but it, it took me that long to kind of almost realize that I couldn't outrun my fork. You know, that I needed to make this kind of a change in order to kind of get the the other kind of health benefits as well. And why do you think intermittent fasting has become popular? Now, obviously, it's more in the news now because of the Rishi Sunak's extreme intermittent fasting. But it's it's been in the ether now for a while. Why do you think it's become popular? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, it it has some things on the outside that that kind of appeal one of the big ones is it you're not you're not giving up anything if i decided i wasn't eating crisps again and i really do like my crisps uh, I would think of nothing else but crisps and I would see nothing else but people walking down the road Mr. Tato eating would crisps come oh to yeah, your house. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be in my dreams yeah. but the big the big attraction for intermittent fasting is that at nine o'clock at night when somebody asks you uh, offers you a crisp you can kind of you know say no thanks and in your head you're thinking i'll have a pack of crisps tomorrow I just can't have it right now. You know what I mean? And it sounds a bit ridiculous when you're talking about crisps, but it makes such a difference, you know? And I think uh, maybe that's the appeal, that, that, you know, there's nothing you can't have. Thanks very much, David. Thank you. Coming up, a dietitian on what intermittent fasting actually does to your body. This podcast is brought to you by AJ Products, made in Sweden for the rest of the world. Visit ajproducts.ie to see how we can make your workplace work for you. Sarah Kyo is a dietitian and founder of eatwell.ie. So Sarah, intermittent fasting can take a few forms. We've talked to Damien Cullen here, who talked about uh, eating in this eight-hour window. We've heard of Rishi Sunak. His fast is described as the monk fast, I think, because it's 36 hours of not eating. Um, Is there one, in your view, better than the others? So with the intermittent fasting, the two really, really popular ones are either called called the 5-2 
which is where you would eat for five days a week and then fast either completely or have a kind of reduced intake for two days a week. And then the other very popular one is the 16-8, which is where you would fast for 16 hours a day and eat for the eight hours. Um, they're both excellent. If someone wants to lose weight, they'll both help with that. I find that the 16-8 works better for people. And when we do research on intermittent fasting, you don't get as many people dropping out of the 16-8 fast, whereas the 5-2, when they try to do research on that, they have massive dropout of people abandoning it because they just find it too difficult. Why do they find it difficult? Um, going hungry for two days is really tough, um, even on reduced intake. So what people, when we do talk to them about, now it suits some people and some people do like it, but a lot of people who drop out, they just say, look, they're lightheaded, their energy is down on those fasting days. They can't concentrate as well at work. They're getting crabby and irritated as people do when they're hungry. So, you know, that's for some people, as I said, others do find it useful. And why does it work? Does it work just simply because you're restricting the number of calories you take in or does it do something particular to your metabolism? You just restrict the calories. So that's it? That's pretty much it. Um, one of the things, and I suppose I look at intermittent fasting and to me it's what ketogenic diets were 10 years ago What's and what low carb diets. So ketogenic was um, a high, very high fat, extremely low carb diet. Then there was just the low carb diets and then there was the gluten free diets. And, you know, it's it's... Another kind of, I suppose we call it a fad diet, even though it does actually can be quite useful as a lot of different diets can be. So there is lots of claims out there about what intermittent fasting is going to do for you. But when we look at it, what we see from intermittent fasting, it's no different than from any other weight loss method. So you can lose weight by using a smaller plate. You can lose weight by not eating maybe a whole lot of treat foods. You can lose weight by counting calories. You can lose weight by intermittent fasting. And when we compare them, and those studies have been done where we've, you know, there's, there's a couple of excellent studies where they've compared the 5-2, the 16-8 and just reducing the calories. And the weight loss is identical across the three groups, but also the same reduction in cholesterol or the same reduction in blood pressure or the same reductions in blood glucose levels. They're all the same. And it's what you'd expect. Once you lose weight, we do see those things if someone is overweight. The one thing that they are looking at with intermittent fasting is, is it having changes on gut bacteria? And there's certainly growing evidence that it might. But for every study that comes along and says, mm, it looks like there's a little more diversity in gut bacteria if you do some fasting, another study comes along and goes, we found no difference. So I would say it's a, an area for more research. It may have a benefit. But in saying that, there's no special reason to do intermittent fasting unless it works for you. And certainly when I was doing my own clinics, I would use the 16-8 with some patients because it suits them. And as you said, you know, some people have tried all kinds of ways to lose weight and it just doesn't work. And then they hit on this and it does work. So there's no harm to it, you know, and that's that's my thing with it. Like it's it's absolutely fine if you want to bring your, your eating down to an eight hour window. No problem. Um, the thing that kind of just amuses me slightly is I'm old enough to remember when we all used to have dinner at six o'clock in the evening and then had breakfast at eight o'clock the following morning. So we were all having a 14 hour fast. We just didn't know it. Anyway, we didn't we just, call it anything. We didn't name it that. It was just your mother going, the kitchen is closed. Um, you know, so, you know, I think there's some merit in that little bit of a space over the day. But I think we need to be just cautious on claims about intermittent fasting that it's somehow superior to any other weight loss method. It doesn't seem to be. And how long would you need to be doing it to see any real improvements? It depends on what you're looking for. I mean, with weight loss, it can take time. So usually within about a month, you might see a little change in weight, depending on what you're starting was. You see, the thing I see a huge amount in, in particularly in Ireland at the moment is people are having their meals, but then they're coming home at night and then they're sitting on the couch and they're eating crisps and chocolate all evening. And it's amazing if you cut that out of your diet because you're not allowed to eat after seven o'clock. You're going to lose quite a bit of weight quite quickly if that's you. So it's a bit depends on your starting point. Some people will see changes quite quickly. Others, you might be looking at three to four months to see that significant kind of a change with it. And I know from working with my own patients, you generally have to lose about a stone in weight before people will say to you, oh, have you lost weight? Which frustrates 
lots of people because they think, well, I've lost five pounds. Nobody said anything. Well, they won't. So it depends on what you're looking for. With things like cholesterol, blood pressure, usually, again, you might be looking six weeks to three months to see a beginning in change with that. But it varies from person to person. And it, it does depend on what they're eating the rest of the time as well. Well, I was about to ask you that because, you know, when some people decide to become vegetarian, they just think, well, I'm just going to eat chips all the time, you know. So if you're eating in the eight hour window, can you eat anything in that way, eight hour window? No. And one of the things is that you still need the same nutrition. So whether you're eating it in an eight hour window or spreading it out over the day, you still need to get all your vitamins, minerals, fibre in particular. And you've got to be eating a, you know plenty of foods with fibre in them to hit your fibre targets. So it's not a case that you can just eat sort of junk food all day long and then fast. From a pure weight point of view, it might work. But from an overall health point of view, it definitely won't. When you suggest these sort of intermittent fasting diets to, to clients, what pushback would you get from them? What, what would they say? I mm. never suggest them. I, it would be if someone said I wanted to try it we would do it. It's not something I would lead with. Um, you know, but if someone is struggling, we would have a look and see what's, what might work for them or why they're struggling. I mean, weight is so complex. You know, as we see now, we can see hormonal disruptions are a huge factor of it. And we see with some of the weight loss injections that are out there at the moment are actually managing that, which is very interesting and brilliant to have for people who are really have that genetic hormonal, genuine hormonal imbalance that's making them gain weight. But, you know, we see psychological issues as a huge part of weight. And certainly I would have always worked with a psychologist and, you know, I'd, you know, from working with someone and after a while, we're thinking this isn't really a nutrition issue. Um, and we'd often you know, work with a psychologist on that as well. So the reason somebody isn't losing weight can be hugely varied. So you would look and see what would suit. Is there a chance, and you, and you mentioned psychological impacts, is there a chance that this sort of diet, an intermittent fasting diet, could cause an eating disorder? The reality is any sort of restrictive pattern of eating can potentially lead to an eating disorder or it can be used by someone with an eating disorder as their excuse for not eating or their reason for not eating. Um, and again, eating disorders are very complex and the reasons why someone might have one or not can be varied. And, you know, they're very common in men as well. We still have this perception that it's women only, um, but it very definitely isn't. And I was only looking at something yesterday, I think around only 6% of people with eating disorders actually are diagnosed, that lots of people have disordered eating or eating disorders without realising that that's what's going on with them. Is is there a difference between an eating disorder and disordered eating? A little bit, a little bit. The, the line is thin. So sometimes people might be a little erratic about it, but maybe about eating, but maybe not as quite sick. Um, and I mean, sick in the sense of being very, very distressed about their eating and very distressed if they eat something that, you know, for them is wrong um, with that. And I think the, the really serious mental health aspects of it are, are underestimated with eating disorders. And it's not a choice not to eat, which is, I think, something people miss. Or in cases, I mean, one of the more common um, eating disorders is binge eating disorder which is, you know, people don't notice that because they expect an eating disorder means a thin person, um, which it, it very definitely doesn't. Why do you think intermittent fasting has become so popular in mainstream among celebrities and so on? Or do you, when you take a sort of an overview, do you think it's just another fad? Yeah, pretty much. It's really popular because it's the latest fad. And as I said, you know, a few years ago, everyone, you know, the celebrities were doing the ketogenic diet. And a few years before that, they were doing whatever, they were going gluten-free. Now, that's not to say each thing doesn't have merits for individuals that it suits, but it's just really popular at the moment because it's just really popular at the moment. Do you see an end to it? Um, I don't see it vanishing completely because, as I said, for some people, they do find it useful for managing weight. And as fads go, 
this one's quite nice. It's quite healthy. You're not talking about having, you know, cutting out huge food groups. You have the potential to have really nice um, balanced nutrition with it. You're just looking at timed eating. The effects, the potential effects on gut bacteria are interesting. And I'd be very curious to see where the research goes with that. So I don't see it vanishing. Um, but I think it's going to be sort of a big trend for another few years and then something else is going to come along. That's it for today. For more health and lifestyle stories, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Suzanne Brennan. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.